What are your top qualities that you look for, or maybe it's characteristics that you look for in a player? So we have four core values that drive our program, which includes uh, the recruiting aspect of that as well. So the first core value is a player with integrity. The second core value is a player who we consider uh, a worker, someone who works very hard on and off the field. Uh, the third being a servant, someone who's willing to serve their, their team and serve off the field in the community. Uh, and then somebody with what I call competitive greatness, which is really just the desire to be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. So, you know, if, you know, let's give an off the field example. You may not be the best, best math student in your class, but you ought to be the best math student that you're capable of being. And that, that mindset translates to the field uh, in a huge way. So those are the four areas that we're really looking, we're looking through those lenses to see if players are a good fit for our program. Well, and it's interesting too, because what I'm hearing from that is it's not even so much, or it's not even all about on-field performance. It's about the individual off the field and how that relates. So could you maybe highlight that a little bit more that it's not just about on-field performance for you, um, it's also about the collective or the, the total package of a player. Is that right? Well, it definitely is because you have to think that, you know, maybe despite what some people think in many and, and maybe not in all cases, but in, in most cases, you know, the, the coach is the expert. That is the person who has dedicated their life to that specific task uh, and that career. So if they're the expert, then, you know, they, they need to be the ones that, are guiding, you know, are making the decisions. So if I have a player who meets all those characteristics, then I know what I can make them in a year, two years, three years, four years, etc. cetera. Uh, but if, if they don't have those characteristics, then I don't feel confident in my ability to, to change human beings. I don't, I don't, I don't find that to be a highly successful business. I think people have to have characteristics and that, that are, you know, have, good potential and then i think that you have to have the will the, the student athlete has to have, have the will uh to make changes in necessary areas and that's where i think the expertise can come in and, and you can say well here's how you make those changes and we'll help guide you in making those changes but ultimately they have to be interested in, in doing those things so that's why competitive greatness to me is so important if they don't if they don't want to be the best in all these areas then i don't know if i can help them Right, right, right. Well, that, that's definitely interesting because you can see it with even younger kids like, or young players when they say they want to do something, but then it's mom and dad pushing them to do it. And if they don't have that internal drive to want to make something happen, then why are they doing it? So that, I love that. That's a great point. Next question for you would be, how does a player stand out in the recruiting process? So how, how does somebody grab your attention? I think the, you know, being being different and, and you hear that a lot uh you know but what what does that mean well I, I can tell you that it is different to find a young person who has competitive greatness a young person who wants to be the best at everything that they do uh, so th and it's obvious so that's a way to to be different and you know be different in the way that you you present yourself you know coaches don't know you and i think this is one of the areas that is a big struggle for for students as they're trying to be recruited is, is almost the assumption that we, we know who they are. Uh, we don't, in many cases, know who they are. 
And even in the cases that we know who they are, we know very little about who they are. We might know about their stats or we might have seen them play. We might know some about their their physical characteristics and their technical characteristics, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, let yourself be known. Who are you? You know, one of the one of the videos and I've only gotten a couple like these, literally two. Uh, one of the videos that I've enjoyed most was a player who almost he had a 30 second clip at the beginning talking about who they were and what they do in the community, what their academics are like, you know, what kind of person are they? And then we went into their clips. So I got a really good, a really, really good insight into who this person was, not just what kind of player they are. Was that a recent thing? A recent highlight? That was two years ago. And what happened with that player with you? Well, we, we didn't end up recruiting that player. Um, but we, we found that, you know, we certainly watched their video and, and engaged in conversations with that player, and it, it just didn't end up being the right fit for, for either of us. Uh, but we helped that player the best we could in terms of getting recruited. Uh, we were happy to, even though we weren't going to recruit that player, to, to spend our time and energy and helping that player reach, you know, where they wanted to go. But I, I think for people to take away from that is it, it got – it got your attention, right? So you, you, you watched that video for some reason and then you really, I mean, you said it, you've only seen two videos of something like that. So out of how many emails do you think you get a day with highlight videos? I can, I can get up to up to 50 and most of the times 30 emails a day. So you get 30 emails a day and you've only seen two <laughs> that have kind of stood out for you in that way. So at least he was able to grab your attention. So that, that's great little advice. Um, next question would be, where do you go and recruit players? Uh, we recruit. We recruit a lot of a lot of tournaments. Uh, we will sometimes go and watch league games. Uh, we do go and watch local high school games. That's probably one of the most under recruited areas. Uh, but we we like to to do that because we get to see them in a different environment, and and we like that it's under recruited because you know we sometimes get get the jump on a recruit over another another coach. And we also get to see them in an environment where, you know, they basically many people have been told that high school soccer doesn't matter. Uh, and maybe it does or doesn't. You know, I don't get in that debate on a holistic standpoint, but it does matter for me from the standpoint of if, if that's their mentality, then that's not competitive greatness. So that that's a big strike for me on the core values. If they have competitive greatness, then when you go to their high school game, boy, they're out, they're out there wanting to win and support their team just as much as they are on a on a elite game on Saturday mm -hmm. or at Disney or anywhere else. So you said, it's interesting. You, I don't remember the exact word you used, but you said it's underused or something like that in terms of high school um, games or, or scouting. So are you saying that not a lot of coaches go to high school games in general? I have not seen a college coach uh, at a high school game and I've been to uh, hundreds of high school games. Wow. So it's definitely underused. And why do you think that is? Well, I think the, the narrative has been pushed that it's not important. So, you know, when, you know, it's, it's not like I've been to a ton of high school games of <laughs> that have been, you know, hugely uh, helpful. I've been to a lot that, that haven't really, that have been frankly a waste of time because the players take it as a waste of time. And uh, I know, I know some coaches like to say that the level isn't, you know, the level isn't good enough. And, and that does play a role. 
you know, you do want to see players compete uh, at a top level so that you can get a better a better look. But for me, it gives me a great it gives me great insight into again kind of their character in terms of what kind of player is this person. You know, if this person really is a great player, then when I go to watch their high school game, not only should they be dominant on the field, but they should be supporting their team. Is this player good enough on the field, and does he have a mentality, a leadership mentality that's strong enough to carry this maybe weaker team around him or her to, you know, to a victory or to being competitive or, you know, are, are they are they that kind of player? Are they a player that's going to ride the bus or are they a player that's going to get behind it and push the bus? And I think for a college coach, you know, you're always looking for players that are going to push the bus. The ones that ride the bus, you can find lots of players that are willing to ride the bus. You're not going to find as many that are willing to push the bus. And sometimes sometimes you can only answer that question when you see them in multiple environments. So next question for you would be then, you mentioned that you'd like to go to tournaments. So when you go to tournaments, are you going to like college showcases? Are you going to the DA showcases? I guess that collapsed, but now there's this new MLS league, so they're probably going to have showcases, uh, ECNL showcases. Give us some type of events that you're actually going to so people have an idea. Frequently go to the ECNL showcase. That's, that's a big one for us. We do go to Disney. We're at Disney every year. We go to the IMG uh, Invitational. That's usually around the December mark. Uh, so but most of the time we go to those, uh, we, we already have specific players in mind for every tournament, players that have reached out to us and players that we've been tracking. Uh, so we're, you know, some coaches, I think, take the shotgun approach of, you know, going and watching multiple games at a tournament and just kind of seeing what's out there. Uh, we do it quite differently. We identify the players that we want to see, and then and then we go and watch them in these different environments. And I think the ECNL is uh, has produced a lot of a lot of good players. It, it, it really just depends on the it really depends on the club. But we have found some good players uh, at the ECNL level who are mentally also who are mentally prepared. And uh, we've, you know, again, these other events are, it's not so much about the event. It's its more so, you know, where are they playing? And most of the players just happen to be playing in these uh, tournaments. But we've been to, I mean, I've been to high school tournaments. Um, I've been to, you know, small, really small uh, tournaments. I mean, pretty much any chance where we can go and watch them play, uh, we're probably going to take that opportunity if we're interested in that player. That's great insight. Let me ask you this next question then, because you're speaking about big tournaments versus little tournaments. So when it comes to a, a club and players that want to identify or find a club that's a good fit for them, um, does it matter to you the size or the brand of a club um, when it comes to identifying or scouting for players? So like, do you need to go and look at, say, an MLS club, or do you are you open to also looking at um, smaller clubs that don't have the, you know, the same brand name? Yeah, the size of the club really means nothing to me. Uh, again, you know, the collective the collective doesn't always tell you about the individual, uh, and and maybe even socially speaking, it, it it might not tell you anything, or might give you the wrong information about the individual. I'm highly interested in the individual, so I'm I'm really not as interested in uh, the size of the club you're playing. I'm again more interested in what what is your role, uh, and what kind of impact are you making. You, know, you can play at a small club and be a great player, and and again, maybe those are under under recruited to a degree, uh, but 
you know, that's where I find some of the biggest value for my time is in areas like that as compared to, you know, maybe where someone's at a big club. And, and so, some of this is not only doesn't the student athlete isn't the only one culpable for kind of this mentality of, you know, I'm at a big club, so I deserve big things. Uh, they're sometimes parents pushing, pushing that agenda. Uh, certainly club directors and uh, directors of coaching. I mean, they're pushing that agenda all the time. You know, the bigger club you are, the more exposure that you'll get. But again, you know, what, what is it worth for a thousand people to see you when maybe none of them are a good fit as compared to, you know, if a hundred people see you and maybe 25 of those coaches uh, could be potentially a good fit, which one is a better, better value for you as the player? It's, it's definitely the latter. You know, you, you can go, you can have all the exposure that you want. And if it's not a good fit for you, then, then what is it? What is it worth? Uh, it's, it's worth very little. So it's, it's really about, you know, and, and maybe we should talk about this, but just the, the recruiting process. I mean, student athletes need to identify the things that they're looking for. And it doesn't matter where you get seen, as long as you're being seen by people that you're interested in. If you're being seen by people that you're not interested in or they have no interest in you, then are you really being seen? You're, you're present, but are you really visible? Well, that, and that makes total sense because to your point that you could be getting, you could be going to the events, but if you don't have an interest in those programs or they don't have an interest in you, then you're not doing yourself any justice because you're not being evaluated. So, you know, that, that's definitely a great insight. So that, that's good. Let me ask you this question now. You mentioned earlier about uh, players that you have identified early on. Um, how do you go about identifying players? Is it that you have some sort of network already or that you have maybe a questionnaire? How does that process work for you? So there's multiple streams that I take advantage of and it evolves over time. So my first year and second year of coaching it was mostly me reaching out to to players, to club coaches, to high school coaches, and asking uh, about their players. You know, getting schedules, going and watching games, and starting to build a network of of players, a network of players that will be coming in the pipeline, and a network of coaches uh, that I can reach out to about those players to ask them. You know, what what is their what are their grades? What is their character like? Things like that. As time went on. Uh, the and, and as the program, you know, had success, and as I built relationships with those coaches, then a lot of it became uh, they're calling me and offering me, you know, hey, listen, you need to you need to come see this player. This is my best player, or these are my best two players, or uh, things like that. So then, you know, you start to get even more intentional uh, about who you're looking at. So I do think that you have to build a database, but. Uh, and, and questionnaires, we, you know, that's part of the database. Everybody that fills out a questionnaire uh, gets, a, gets a response and, and gets put into our database ID camps. Sometimes we find kids that we've never heard of before uh, at our ID camps that we end up signing and doing really well for us. So I think it's about using those, you know, a multiple uh, or a variety of, of recruiting streams. And I think for the student athlete, what's, what's important for that and the takeaway for that is, we're looking at many different things. So if the approach is, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a good relationship with my club coach because he can help me get somewhere, but my high school coach can't help me get anywhere. So we'll forget that person. 
that that really comes back to bite you when it comes to being recruited by me because I can tell you now, even if I recruit you through your high school or your club coach, I'll be contacting your high school coach. I want to know what they have to say. Is it in line with what the club coach says? Is it in line with, with what the player and the parents have said? Or is it on a totally different plane of, of thinking? That, to me, is important. So I think that they have to do their best in all of those areas. Right. So then um, tell me a little bit, or tell us, rather, what, what does a player's daily life look like uh, at Dalton State? Yeah, it's it's really about it's, it's waking up and, you know, eating breakfast, going to class, and you know, getting getting the academics done uh, throughout the the morning to early afternoon hours, and then the early afternoon finding time for lunch in there, finding time maybe to go see the trainer if they need some kind of treatment, uh, or you know, uh, injury prevention therapy or or anything like that, and then showing up to training in the afternoon, uh, getting training, then afterward getting dinner, and then really hunkering down either in the library. Uh, or in some kind of study hall and finishing up their academics for that day and then waking up and doing it again. Yeah, so I mean, that that sounds like to me, it's like a, you know, 6.30 a.m., 7 a.m., wake up, you grind it out the whole day until about 10 or 11, and then you repeat the process. It really is, and and I and, and to some, I, I think some people, not that, not that that's not a glamorous process, I think it's great, uh, but you have to have that kind of drive and mentality to, to want to do that and to be great at it. So I think some people have the mentality of, well, you know, college, college soccer is going to be, you know, I go to some school and I play and I do really well. And, you know, maybe I party a little bit and make some new friends and, you know, it's going to be great. Well, I can tell you that that student, maybe, maybe they have a great time their first semester. Uh, they're, they're not there after the second, the, the first semester. So it's, it's a totally different reality. It's, it's the same thing with the pro level. The pro level is a, is a much different reality than it is kind of what you see in your dreams, uh, in your daydreams or your dreams at night. So you have to familiarize yourself with the reality of the process, and you have to love the process. You have to love the grind. If you don't love the grind, uh, then it'll chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that's great. I love how you said the grind because it's – it really is. I mean, I remember going through college and, you know, it, it's a completely different beast to youth because you don't have mom and dad sitting there next to you. And uh, you're waking up, up every day with somebody you don't really know as well, especially when you're just starting. And um, you're going through this process of trying to figure all these things out because soccer is a fall sport and uh, you don't got a lot of time to do that. And then the next thing I know, I remember I'm playing two or three games a week um, and it's already September. So it, it comes fast. So let's say you're at a tournament or an event or something like that. How can a player grab your attention um, off the field? Well, off the field, it would probably be, you know, I, I like to get to the games uh, in some cases early. Sometimes I don't like to show up until right until there's kickoff. It kind of just depends on <laughs> it depends on where what what the environment is. Uh, but how do, you know how early do they show up? What's their, you know, what's their preparation like? I mean, I've watched players walk from the, the parking lot, even, and you know, th th this isn't a huge thing, but it, again, it's just about getting, getting information that maybe will make sense later, 
sometimes you watch players walk from the parking lot and it's before a game and they're they're on their phone the whole time texting away as they're walking up to the field and you have other other kids who are who are walking to the field you know briskly walking to the field and they're eager to get there they're eager to talk to their teammates they're eager to put their boots on and, and start knocking the ball around uh, do they even talk to their teammates when they show up do they greet the coach uh, when they're walking, are they walking with their parents? And, you know, if, if they are, then is there anything evident about how they're treating their parents? Uh, you know, these are all things, again, that you don't you don't make you don't make grand decisions based on these things. But again, these are little bits of information that that might come to help you down the road. They might add up to to making a big decision or they might help put something in context uh, later down the road. Right. And that makes sense because I'm sure that you probably checked somebody off your list that maybe didn't have a good attitude or approach, you know, maybe pre-game or post-game. I've had players, <laughs> I've had players show up, and I mean, again, you don't make grand decisions, but it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's concerning when this happens uh, when a player shows up, and again, they sit on the bench. And it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes before the game, and they're on their phone texting. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I, and again, it could be this is why you don't make grand decisions. It could be, Mom, we're on field six. You know, so it, it could be something important. Uh, and then they put their phone away real quick and, and get out there. But you now, if they're sitting on the bench, and for the next five to ten minutes, they're on the phone. Their friends are sitting next to them. Their friends are staring at the phone too. And you know, I mean, all right, so they're probably watching a video. <laughs> or something, you know, could they be watching a video of Ronaldinho, you know, maybe, but is that likely? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, things like that where you're, you're kind of going, all right, you know, they're not really focused. And then you get to the warm up. You have some players who totally disregard the warm up. You know, the coaches maybe got, uh, and I've seen some, some great warm ups. I've seen some coaches put together some, some, what I think are really good uh, methods to getting these players, you know, technically and physically ready uh, to play a game, and some of the players are just totally going through the motions from the start of the warm up to the end. And again, another huge turnoff because I, you know, I'm I'm a coach that maybe some coaches don't take warm up seriously. I don't I don't know all of them, but for me, you know, warm up is a very 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 important part. So players that don't take a warm up seriously, players that don't take every moment on the field seriously, is a huge red flag for me. Well, and, that, and again, that makes sense just because you have to deal with them every single day uh, for, you know, three, four years. So I, I totally get that. Um, let me ask you this. How important is, say, attitude and or respect to you when you're talking about a player that you want to recruit? Because I've heard that you're very strict and um, probably if they don't follow those guidelines, they're going to be in trouble with you. Yeah, respect is, is king. Uh, I, I find it. And, and I don't I don't know if it's just my upbringing. I don't know. You know, I'm not I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. There certainly was an emphasis on respect in, in my household growing up. But for me, it's very important that the player respects me as a person off the field and on the field. They respect my position. They respect the time and effort that I've put into the craft. I think, again, just in terms of education, one of the from from maybe club to to moving on one of the big differences in many cases not in all cases but in many cases from the youth game to the college game is a lot of these college coaches this is their career that is on the line 
So, you know, if, if you're a parent uh, or, or a club coach who coaches U16s and, you know, that's a great thing. You do it a couple nights a week and on the weekends and you put great amount of effort into it and all that. That's that's great. Uh, more power to them. But if it's a different scenario when, you know, it is your nine to five that is in the hands of these student athletes. So if you don't have respect, then, well, you're, you're putting really my livelihood in jeopardy. And, and that I can't have. I have to I have to have my livelihood, just like we all do, to be able to take care of our families and, and, and have the lives that we have. Hey, guys. I absolutely love that you're checking out and listening to the podcast. And I only have one ask quickly, and that would be if you could please share this podcast with somebody else that you maybe know that is going through the system or struggling to navigate it from the youth soccer perspective. And that would mean the absolute world to me because, as you know, I don't sell anything through the podcast and I don't have any sponsorships. And the more people that I can help, that is my overall objective. So I would absolutely love if you could share this with somebody. Take the five seconds to do so by sending it through social media or WhatsApp or whatever way that you like to share content. And I will make sure that I continue to deliver valuable and insightful content for you.